another episode of the Wembley Way podcast. Tonight, I mean, on Monday night, we discussed the Super League, but I'm now speaking to you on Tuesday night, and I think it's all over. But I'm also reading conflicting reports. Do you know what? I don't know what's going on. Just listen to the episodes. Welcome to episode 13 of the, forget the episode number. What the hell is going on, Nick? Tell me what, what's just happened overnight. Football is dying a very quick death. Um, so as most people who are alive will know, the European Super League has just been announced uh, or the intention to create a European Super League. Um, and everyone is up in arms about it and uh, likely rightly so. Um, so I guess today is talking about that and, and maybe some potential other news as well that's just, just leaked in today as well. So um, yeah, big shock to everyone. I, I think that, that, that this has been announced. So yeah, um, I, mean, I, just, I think uh, gather the, our thoughts. Yeah, I was just telling you guys, we're joined here today by Shieldsy as well. Shields, how you doing? Hi guys, how are you? Uh, heads blown. Uh, that's what, oh, mind's blown. Head's going to be a, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good <laughs> podcast, boys. It's going to be a good podcast. Oh mate, it's absolutely insane. Last night we got the news at like I don't know eleven fifty or something because apparently we were told during the weekend or well the Sunday that we'd get something on nine thirty and obviously mm. nine thirty hits and everyone's like no no that, that they meant um, some other region time and I was like mm. okay ten thirty didn't come so I'm like I'm just about to give up I went to bed and I was on refreshing just before I shut my eyes eleven fifty. Spur, I know it. I think that um, Fabrizio Romano, yeah, the here we go yeah, guy yeah. on Twitter, mm. he, he, he lands it first. And then, yeah, a couple of minutes later, it's on Spurs' official site and then the other founding clubs. Um, I guess before we dive into the ramifications, and there are many, I guess it's worth anyone who doesn't know the ins and outs, uh, it's worth explaining it to them. Nick, do you have a general idea of the European Super League um, from a structural point of view? Yeah, so um, from what I've read and found out so far is uh, there's 15 founder member clubs involved, um, 12 of which have been announced and three yet to be announced. Um, that looks like it's because PSG, Dortmund and Bayern Munich have turned it down, so they're now scraping around for, for some other founding members. Um, I heard a rumour earlier that Schalke might be involved, <laughs> uh, who, who are sitting 18th in, in the Bundesliga at the moment. That's got to be which, banner. That can't, um, that can't be legit. Well, they're, they're sort of quite high up on the money leagues, I think. So, oh, and um, to be fair, that is the qualifier, isn't it? The like criteria, the, so yeah. The, the um, so yeah, the, the uh, 15 founder member clubs would be involved with no relegation, so they wouldn't be able to not be involved at any point. Uh, there'll be five, uh, I guess, guest clubs uh, each season based on uh, qualifying criteria, probably from their domestic leagues or something like that. Yeah, just um, money. How much they got to pay yeah, in Super cash. League founder clubs at that particular yeah. season? Cash in the <laughs> bank balance or something. Um, yeah, so those those guests won't be permanent. They'll come in uh, based on the criteria each year. 
so there'll be there'll be uh, twenty teams um, playing each other in a, in a league format, um, and there'll be no relegation as I mentioned, um, no real prize for coming anywhere in the league apart from top. Um, interestingly, I've read some things up on on the money and how it's split. So up to three hundred fifty million euros one off payment to each club who who enters or each founding club, sorry, should I say, who enters. Um, although that's that's uh, stacked in favour of uh, the big six founding clubs, which I presume is sort of Man, C- uh, Man United, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus, people like that. I love how um, it's like even amongst the founder clubs, it's corrupt. You still, know? Yeah, exactly. It's still weighted towards the even richer ones. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. And then, and then uh, apparently um, around 180 million euros for participating in the competition. Um, what, what's interesting, actually, and I'll come on to this later on in terms of the downfalls, but um, from what we've read is that they only get around an extra 30 million euros for winning the thing. Um, so to put this into context, if a guest, let's say Leicester win the league next year and then they get entered into the, the European Super League and choose to enter it um, and they go on to win the Super League, they will still get less money than Real Madrid would get if Real Madrid came bottom of the Super League. Sure. So it's just oh, that's some maths right there, isn't it? It really is, isn't it? It, just, yeah. it just doesn't it doesn't honour um, success or and it doesn't encourage competitiveness. No. Effectively, there's no, there's like no a, incentive, <laughs> incentive to to do well in it. Or, it's like an really. NFL NFL gravy train, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Nick. Yeah. I mean, um, what, I guess I'm going to go to you both. Uh, let's go, with Shieldsy. Uh, what's your first reaction? Um, I think I guess it was during the Sunday when it started leaking through. What did you What did you first think? And yeah, uh, when it was confirmed later that night. Um, when it first came through for me, um, I thought it was just rumours and it would just be a bargaining chip so that they'd get more money out of UEFA or the um, advertising rights and so on and so forth would just be increased and they'd get a larger percentage. So I thought it was like a, we'll call it a bluff. And because you you've heard this probably every year for about the last 10 years. In so, what, why do, so why do they do that? They want to um, throw their weight around to change the format of the Champions League? It, it, not even the format it's just probably negotiations on how much they receive and money, right, how much okay. it, yeah, it's, it's, it's all every, every single thing about this is money it is money. all down it literally shame at my money 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 <laughs> um, but Tom Sheldon will like that one um, sure so but no everything's down to money so it's been done before so it can be used as a bargaining chip we are going to do this unless you meet our terms I don't know what's happened behind the scenes. If you're ready for a gone, go for it. Or instead, we, we kind of got fed up with it. But it, it seemed to just escalate so quickly. Because um, one of these things is like a slow burner. But we've probably had more football news in the last 24 hours than we have in the last four or five weeks. It's insane. But when it actually got announced, I, I just don't... It's not as if the Champions League is a bad format. Mm. Like they, they earn a lot of money out of it. Um, I saw a graph earlier about um, net losses because of lockdown and stuff like that. So that might be a, I think between the top the twelve clubs, they'd lost one point two billion over mm. the last year. I think that was actually before the year before pandemic shields as well. Oh, was that the year before? Apologies. Yeah, yeah. So, so like you can imagine what it would be now. So that, that's one of the reasons why I think they've they've gone into this is because they know that what they're doing at the moment, these clubs, is unsustainable. They're spending more and yeah. more. And the only yeah, way to get out of that but, hole is by creating more revenue. But the thing is, the actual amount of revenue they get in from fans isn't that big. No. Like, I mean, you, you see that classic um, quote from, is it Rumenigger? The Or was it Uli Hernis, one of the buying guys? Yeah. Said, 
we charge 104 pounds for a season ticket we could charge 300 but that's only a two two million two million pound a year extra mm. revenue what's that to us so even though your big clubs are, well, I say big clubs like Arsenal, but Arsenal are charging over a thousand pounds for a season ticket, it's still only going to be what 10, 15 million pounds. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not it's not as if they're like the non-league clubs. Their whole financial stability yeah, is fans in the door. Receipts, yeah, it's that is people it's people through the door. But I I just don't understand why I didn't. There's no there was no obvious issue with it. So why change it? Mm. It's just we, um, pure it's pure unadulterated greed. Absolutely. And we're going to touch on, I guess, the reasons behind it and then the, consequently the ramifications. Just to clarify, I don't think we've listed the clubs who are involved, right? So we've got the big six from England, um, so, so Manchester City. In, in inverted commas. Yeah, exactly. The big six is a self-proclaimed label, uh, which the media yeah. have adopted, to be fair, but no, it's certainly uh, self-proclaimed. And that's so Man City, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal and Spurs. And then from Spain, we've got Real Madrid, Barcelona and Atletico Madrid. And Italy, we've got Juventus, Inter Milan and AC Milan. So they're currently the 12 founder members. They want another three founder members and that's up, yep. up, up for grabs. And it seems like um, for various reasons, Bayern um, having that 51% rule with, in which um, 51% is owned by the fans. Is that, something, is that correct? And so, of, of course, they've, they've had the majority vote and have voted no. And then um, the um, PSG have also said no. But their reason is that they're in bed with UEFA from a, from a, from a corporate point of view. And so, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say they're the good guys in this, but rather just uh, by association are, are rejecting the proposal. Um, um, PSG are owned by Qatar owners as well, aren't they? Are they Qatari? Yeah, yeah certainly Mid-Eastern. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think because of the World Cup as well that they're hosting. I think That's they're right. Def- yeah, they're definitely in bed with them. So... Just quickly, my, my my first thoughts on it is that it, it seems like a very good format for an exhibition competition, for a pre-season, sort of ongoing pre-season tournament over many years or something like that. It seems, it seems fine for that, but in terms of a replacement for the Champions League or even or, or domestic leagues, what it seems like it could be at the moment, yeah. it, it seems like a bit of a sham of a, of a, of a um, competition or a competition in inverted commas. Um, as you said, it, it's, it is all money. That's completely what it is, is... It's 100% money uh, trying to increase their revenues and trying to increase their profits. And, and the reason the reason it's attractive to the, to the clubs, I, I presume, is because they don't want to be left behind in, in, the, in the normal domestic leagues making no money or making far less money. And they want to be involved in this. And it, we mentioned before that, that there's, there's hardly any difference in, in, a, in a monetary term between coming last and coming first. You can't get relegated. So basically, you're just guaranteeing a certain amount of income every single year. Um, and these people are so out of touch with with fans and football that they actually think that these games will be exciting, um, which is which is a complete ludicrous idea because they won't be exciting because there's nothing to play for. Like who, uh, Chelsea played Barcelona or Real Madrid all the time in preseason friendlies. Who the fuck watches them? Yeah, but do you not think though, um, with with a genuine trophy at the end of it, and I guess a trophy that over the years will gain some clout. Do you not think that there will be professional pride and a genuine desire to win that trophy um, in the years to come, even if initially it does seem a bit like an exhibition competition? I think potentially at the beginning, but as soon as teams become out of it, so say someone loses their first two, three games, and st- let's just say hypothetically they're still in the Premier League, if that is, if it is allowed, I don't know if they're going to be able to negotiate that. But say you're Arsenal Spurs, you're... 10th in the Super League you're going to send your kids out there because you've got a Premier League because you've got a content because you're in contention for the title mm. I, I just 
yes, there's going to be good players, but I also think some of the players are going to revolt because if UEFA stick to what they say in regards to you can't play for your country, there are some very, very patriotic players who might not want to might not want to do that. Well, you've mentioned that. Let's touch on that then. So I guess there's a there's a, a response from FIFA and UEFA, and, and uh, I guess the strongest hand that they've got is that they have their you know their European Championships and their World Cup competitions that everyone loves. And so they've said, just to clarify, any player that is part of the Super League would not be allowed to play for the national side. Yeah. The current proposal suggests that it will be a midweek competition that would replace yeah. the Champions League, but straight away the Premier League has come out and with backed by FIFA, uh, by FA and UEFA have said that they're not going to allow them to to have this uh, involvement in the Super League and also play um, in the domestic leagues. And so it does seem to be one or the other. So consequently, yeah, risking um, I guess exile uh, from the football pyramid, uh, in, uh, the global football pyramid. Um, I guess on that note, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was thinking, well, these guys got so much money now. You know, Man City are probably more wealthy than FIFA. And this is where the problem has come. You know, we've, we've had the corporatization of football since 1992, really, um, and Sky. And as soon as in corporations and single entities were allowed to own the entire clubs, this was really, uh, this was just, wait, you know, there's a, the writing was on the wall. Um, as I say, the horse bolted many, many years ago. And it does make me laugh of Gary Neville and Sky kind of, um, um, ranting and raving yesterday well I'd, I'd suggest they've made a lot of money out of the corporatization of football and it's that same you know um theme or pro- progress the game has made um over the years it's caused this like obviously that's monetized it and, it and it's and it's it's produced power and money in football which has never been seen before but like it doesn't mean gary never wasn't entitled to an opinion on this latest proposal it doesn't mean jake Humphreys can't work for bt sport anymore if bt go for the rights like those people are at the end of the day, they're like me and you. They're just they've just got jobs. But, yeah, but, but don't be ra- don't be ranting and raving though. Suggesting well, they can be because it's an awful format. Like at the end of the day, that's, that's not what they're saying though. They're saying that, um, it's, they're saying it's a uh, it's a greed and money grabbing when they're working for an, a company, BT and Sky. That's literally pricing people out of watching their team on TV. Like they're taking a the moral high ground when there's certainly. I mean, it's not fucking Jake Humphreys who owns who owns BT Sport, but the fact is he's working for them. So let's not pretend that like they're this FIFA themselves ranting and raving um, the last couple of days. We've got a World Cup in Qatar in a couple of years. It's set in fucking December. Uh, there's a bit, there's a bit right. FIFA, UEFA, any broadcaster, they're not the good guys here either. Look, don't get me wrong. I don't like the European Super League as a format, nor as an idea. But there's no, football's fucked across the board. It's been fucked for, for 25 years. This is just the latest in, as I say, that kind of corporatization of football and a development where really they don't care about the fans. They never have done. And it's all about money. So, so Tom, I, I, I agree with that. But I feel like the... So when when I first heard the rumours of the Super League, which which wasn't on Sunday, it was, it was sort of previous months because they've, they've been talking about sort of things, breakaway things and stuff like that before. Yeah, I was actually quite excited in, in the sense that um, UEFA and FIFA have obviously um, been involved in previous corruption. Um, there, there's quite a lot of power with people who sit in these organisations when there doesn't really need to be. Um, it doesn't feel that independent. It feels quite self-controlled. I, I felt quite excited in that we could break away from that and create something where where it's really competitive uh is fair and moves away from that corrupt world so the idea of the idea of um a breakaway competition to replace the champions league is not what gary neville or anyone else is up in arms about what everyone is up in arms about is the fact that there's no going to be no competition involved and no opportunity to get in it or out of it 
and, so that, Nick- and, and that's what goes against the principles of football. That's why football's dying a death. Yes, there's there's wealthy owners, there's well there's people who have monetized football, but there's always the opportunity for a team in League Two to make their way up into the Premier League and get to the riches. There's always teams in the Premier League like Bolton, Blackburn, Wigan who have gone down into League One, League Two, and and are on the brink of administration. These things always happen. Things always fluctuate. But the fact that that basically there's going to be these clubs that are forever members of this league and there's no competition is the worst part of it. And I think that's what people are mainly annoyed about. So I feel like people can can be can be annoyed that that part of it is is, is part of the proposal, but also accept that actually a breakaway league or competition isn't actually a bad idea to replace the Champions League, but so, it's just so, in the wrong format. So what you're basically saying is if there was a relegation aspect, you'd be more behind it? I think I think the idea of a fifth. Well, to be honest with you, the Champions League format without without the um, the the power of the people who who run the UEFA controlling it. The, basically, what 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 I'd, what I'd be happy with is is a breakaway competition where teams who finish in their domestic league qualify for it, and those who don't don't qualify for it. You can't have founder members who stay in it permanently, and you can't have people who they who they select to come into it for one one year temporarily. Um, can I ask you two questions? It goes back to your point, Shields, that I don't see what's actually wrong with the Champions League format. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly what. Why change it? Um, can I ask you both a question? Because obviously I'm a West Ham fan, so it doesn't affect me in the slightest because we're not one of the big six. But you guys are both fans of teams that have entered it at differing levels of success over the years. I'm looking at you, Tom. Um, how, as a fan, how are you seeing it like because you see these people kind of overreact straight away oh i'm not supporting that team anymore i'm gonna go find a local team which is fine but it's obviously a bit of a knee-jerk reaction um what what would be your kind of thoughts on it and like as a fan yeah so i'm kind of split at the moment if i'm honest i don't know if i don't know if i'm in heaven or hell i mean have spurs just become a super club overnight in that we've effectively paid off our stadium in an afternoon or have we just died with no going back? And I, don't, I'm, I literally don't know. What I do know is if this was happening anyway, i.e. like the clubs have decided and they've given Spurs the opportunity, you can't expect Levy to say no because it's at the end of the day, he's, he does run a business. And I'm not, I'm not defending the European Super League. I am understanding why Levy's doing what he's doing because he sees this as like a... As I say, Spurs' golden ticket to become a super club. But you got to look, let's, let's get this right. 20 years ago, Spurs were a mid-table team, if not worse. We were, you know, there was um, slightly further back with Klinsman in the early 90s. We were, relegation was on the cards. And to now be in a position through 15 years of good, good performances, good, um, relatively successful managers, and ultimately... Levy managing the club very well so from, a, from an improvement of the infrastructure perspective. We've put ourselves in a position where, yeah, we're just, we're, we've got the golden ticket to become a super club. And I can fully understand why he's done it. But then there's also the fat point. I can't see it happening, but there's rumours of teams getting relegated and deducting points and stuff like that. Right. And I think if, look, whatever happens from a domestic level, it would be across all the domestic levels, like domestic t- um, leagues that are involved. Yeah. And so every part member, every founder club will have the same punishment and so all it would do is basically push them into creating a full-time league won't it and we have fucking we have Real Madrid on us on the three o'clock on a Saturday we won't it'll be still an eight, a night match but you get my point I, yes. I just and I think that's what will eventually happen if it does go through I mean the, the gone what would you define as a super club though because yeah you're completely right about Levy he's a 
he's an incredible businessman and some of the deals he's got for players and how he kind of doesn't buckle to these teams. And like, as a businessman, you've actually got to respect him, but it's, it's, it's the classic point. Spurs haven't won one league cup in 2009. That's it. That is literally AC Milan haven't qualified for the Champions League since 2013. I know they've got the most money behind them, but some of these teams in there at the moment are just not super clubs. No, I mean, Spurs aren't a super club. I didn't say that. Nah. Good yeah. God. Um, Spurs are a team that's been in the Champions League um, for the last six years, uh, officially the top 10 richest club, in the top 10 richest clubs. However, yeah, you're right. We, don't, we, don't, we haven't won anywhere near enough to be in this list. But that's, yeah. that is, and as we know, that's not, what's the, that's not the qualifier, is it? <laughs> the, qualifier, the criteria. Yeah, the criteria is infrastructure probably and revenue, and yeah, asset wealth, all that kind of stuff. And with that, in that sense, I guess we qualify. What I mean by we will come a super club is just purely how much money we'll be receiving. That's all I mean. Yeah. Um, um, it won't even tra- it won't transcend the, I don't know, there's even the fan base. It might do. We might gain more fans in some territories yet to uh, explore. Oh, but, you're 100% will. You're like, but, this is it. Like, you, you're yeah. going to lose a lot of the local fans, I think. Yeah, probably. But, you, yeah. but you're going to gain they're, big they're, in markets like Asia. The local fans are the ones who that's That's all. But that, exactly. I, I think I'm answering the question in relation to Chelsea Shields and, and my support for them. I'm. So I've heard heard a few things that people on Sky and other other people have said uh, over the last day, which is basically, um, I think Chelsea and Man City were slight had had sort of quite a lot of reservations, um, but basically thought like Tom said, well we can't we can't be left behind here, um, which for me is really disappointing. Um, I might be surprised to hear that, but but I think for me, I'm not going to make a knee jerk reaction and start saying that if this happened, I wouldn't support it and stuff, but. For me, I, I I can't see the appeal of watching it to be honest, um, and and it, and again, it might be a knee jerk reaction of me not understanding or getting on board with the actual format of the competition, um, and yeah, these things happen in America in terms of NFL and basketball where there's no rele- relegation and fans love them, including English fans. So um, it's a bit. Yeah. Oh, I love and NFL. It's a little bit hypocritical for, for English fans to sort of say there's there's, there's no competition in it because um, they they love that, but. I don't know. I I just um I can't get on board with it. And for me, it's sort of a bit of a it's a bit of a wake up call of of something that's that is already a reality. But I think all English fans, including those outside of the big six, uh, are, are probably kidding themselves on. Like we we cheer on our our sort of beloved clubs. We revolve out we revolve our lives yeah, around them. Yeah. Literally, like everything I do revolves around when mm. Chelsea are playing. Um, I, I'm always watching. I'm yep. always thinking about them. Um and and yep. in a way and and I'm I don't think I'm on my own here. I'm probably kidding myself that the clubs care about us as much as we care about them. Um, the, the clubs don't care Absolutely. about the football. The clubs don't care about winning, and the clubs don't care about trophies. They care about the byproduct of those things, which is money. Um, and therefore, the relationship between clubs and fans is completely misaligned. Um, there's no thoughts for the fans in in this whole proposal. Think about how much tickets are going to cost. Think how much travel is going to cost. There's no thoughts for other clubs in the pyramid and, gen- and football in general, which is a sport we actually love. Um, and there's no thought for, for any mm. grassroots or anything like that. So uh, f- for me, it's just hugely, hugely disappointing. And um, football f- football fans have short memories and things change really quickly. So everyone we're sitting here now thinks saying this is, this is a load of crap and then in, I don't know, skip forward 10 years and everyone will be loving it. And I'm sure it'll be great. But, but that- 
they, they, exactly, they said the yeah. same yeah. about so, the Premier so I do League. think yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not going to start cheering, stop cheering Chelsea or anything like that. But I, but it's definitely um, it puts things into perspective. I think and it's definitely dampened my mood around a club. I think one positive I've already tapped on grassroots level and non-league and stuff like that. But hopefully if people are potentially going to stop going to these big clubs, they, they might gain some supporters and they might start getting some higher revenue coming in. That could be a slight yeah, positive. Yeah, definitely. Outlet. I think the yeah. other thing that um, that would be um, probably quite clever of these clubs is that they everyone would be up in arms and say, yeah, we're not supporting these EFL clubs, the, the National League, grassroots. And I think what they'll probably do is chuck in some sort of percentage of revenue that they'll give out to these, these organisations and these clubs so that it basically makes them look good. A presentation thing or they can afford it so they're going to chuck out loads of revenues and then no one will have that argument to make anymore um i think the next couple of weeks could be very interesting especially as things become more concrete because yeah. i think all it's going to need be is one big player to revolt yeah they'll change their mind one big oh, player i mean player. yeah I player. The club okay no, what, no, no, I'm, I'm talking about player i'm saying i mean you've already seen on um instagram uh, Bruno Fernandes has already come out. He yeah. kind of, he's already yeah. said he's, it was a very bit of a mystic comment, um, yeah, bit of a vague comment. But I think all you need is one big world class footballer saying, "I don't want to be part of this," and that opens yeah. another yeah, can. I think uh, the risk is though. I mean, uh, football footballers have always chased the money. I mean, look at Man City. Like, look at the side they have. Look at what they've won since. It's and. Uh, I don't. I don't know if if they could be paid. If an average wage inside the European Super League is like three hundred k a week, average. Like, well, that's the floor, for example. Because how much these clubs are on? You think clubs? Are, you think players are going to turn that down? I, whether right or wrong, I don't think they are personally. I don't think they are. Like you said, if, if they're banned from internationals, there's a moral point of it, and the fact that they can still earn, say, two hundred grand in a Premier League or another league. I, th- I do think there's a that there's there's a there'll be some. There won't be all, but there'll be some. I, I think I think that I think there could be there's still clubs that aren't involved. So there could be a very very good footballer over the next over the next few weeks that might say I want out. Let's just say as a hypothetical, Harry Kane said that. Yep. PSG would be right in there. Bayern Munich. And I've got Lewandowski. There, there's there's teams that would buy these players who potentially PSG in it because Poch Poch are getting money at PSG. Exactly. So all it takes is someone like Harry Kane saying. I was going to do a Harry Kane impression, but no. But all, the, all yeah, it takes not, is Harry. Not, not on my podcast, mate. Exactly. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Um, all, it, all it takes is Harry Kane said, no, I don't want to be part of this. PSG saying, all right, we'll buy Harry Kane. And that's the ball. That's, that gets the ball rolling. Just, it's, it's just it starts it off. I guess my point is football is already broken. Um, this is just the, the, the latest version of it. Um, and football, from a morality point of view, Views on, as I say, is on the floor. They don't do enough for the grassroots. You know, it's, it's, it's a mess. FIFA's already corrupt. Um, this is just uh, the next stage. And I guess it, 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 it's if you want football at that pure level, you, you're, the Premier League was never the answer. Back in 1992, you need to go back to your local. Has any of you guys seen who's actually broadcasting this year? Have they made any decisions? I haven't really said no. There was a rumor that Dazin or whatever they're called, but uh, but they've distanced themselves from it, haven't they? Because have you seen what Sky are doing tonight? No, they are making they're making Monday night football free to air. They're putting <laughs> yeah. it on YouTube, yeah. So they can fire. We'll call it propaganda out potentially. Yeah, exactly. yeah they're making it free to all yeah. to view, no. which uh, is a clever move. 
Well, actually, it's only in 20 minutes. I might want to catch it. So I reckon we're doing it now. <laughs> I want to watch this. Gary Neville said during his, uh, I've listened to his little podcast, you know, uh, 18 minutes, and it's just him and uh, Tilsey. Tilsey? Yeah. Um, he, he said uh, he hasn't got an issue with money. But what I'm saying is you can't have one without the other. Yeah, I, 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 I get that. But you, but you can have, you can still have an ounce of... You can't have one without the other. You can still have an ounce of... Um, Gary, Gary can have his opinion, right? He can have his opinion. But the fact is, you can't... Um, he, he has to understand, right, I guess, that you, the horse is bolted and you can't have one without the other with the amount of funds that are in the game and it not be owned by individuals which are paying him and not have this step, which is them going, oh, no, I've invested billions in my club. I want to have the sustainability and security that I've, I haven't lo- I'm not going to lose out on my investment. It was always going to happen as soon as you have an external business owning a club, and now they're up in arms. Well, no, it's just because they're there. They're there. Hold finally, Sky FIFA. They're holding a losing hand of cards in a game that's usually rigged in their favour. First, for the first time, it's not. And don't get me wrong, this isn't a good revolution story. This isn't the French Revolution. The fucking Perez at Real Madrid and the Giza at Juventus who screwed up the European Club Commission, they're, they're wankers as well. They all are. I'm just saying, it's just shifting from one bad egg to another. And then, then giving the moral high ground on Sky and they'll do it tonight in about 20 minutes. That's, that's just them because that's just them having a go because they're losing. They're going to lose. Sky going to lose. Uh, and it's, I, don't, I don't believe they're any better. I think. I, th- I, I generally think Gary Neville, yeah, he's, he's profited from the game in his, in his month's highest form. But I generally feel that his, his gripe with it is the fact that it goes away from the principles of football, which is what, which is what my gripe with it is. You're going away from something that we, that we know and love um, to basically remove the competitive element of it and remove the ability... To, to get into those big clubs. Look at Leicester now. Leicester carry on the way they're going. They will, they will be easily big four, big six in a couple of years' time and, and on the same monetary level. Look at Spurs. Like, look at Chelsea. They've done it very different ways, but these clubs have got to, have got to that level over, over, over the last decade, a couple of decades. Clubs can do that. So you, you completely lose that because no club can ever break the boundary of the big 15 anymore and none of the big 15 can ever drop out into the, to, to the little pool. So... The biggest issue here, that is the biggest issue, mate. I agree entirely. The competition is my biggest fear. I said that to I think I said to you, I've said to a few people today. That is my that, that is my biggest fear that like, it ends up being a, a shite spectacle. And then I think the really sad thing for me is I'm just not surprised. Like it's like I mean, I've played football since the age of six, seven years old. Uh, I still play football as Nick will vouch for quite poorly on Sunday. The thing is, this is all hearsay and it's all speculation at the moment. We know it's happening, but until we know what the ramifications are, because you're, I, I completely get what you're saying. It's good to be at that party, but if they do go ahead with point, point deductions and stuff like that, and there's a better party across the road, it's that that's where it falls down for you. If you if you if you if you if all teams in there can maintain their position with their in their domestic league, don't have any point deductions, and carry on as you are, it's a fantastic deal for those twelve teams. It's an unbelievable deal for those twelve teams. All it's doing is they're talking about increasing revenue, and we're going to talk about the Champions League in a bit. But everything's about increasing revenue, and all that's doing is just making the gap bigger and bigger and bigger. And something like Leicester will never, literally, never happen again because the gap is too big mm. and I just hope to God that these people recruit well 
because if they've got more money and they're just buying shit. But the thing is as well, other teams will other teams will just increase their prices to people because they know they've got more money to spend. So it's it, there's going to be spiraling knock-on effects for years and years if this does go through. Well, I guess that's the next point, really. I think maybe this is we'll close on the Super League with this. What could be the ramifications of this? I mean, like you say, it could spiral out of control. I, I really think, I mean, obviously the Premier League, if, if, for example, the clubs leave the Premier League, then that's 75% of the, um, the viewership out the window watching another, another product. Potentially 75% of the, the revenue from TV rights goes out the window. Suddenly, the Premier League and their clubs are making nowhere near the same amount of money. So, that, so you, how long you, does the Premier League last at that point? You, you, can, you can see what the Premier League will be, always be about because there'll be sponsorship. There'll always be money in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. But a company like Sky will be panicking hugely right now because they lost the Champions League. They might lose everyone to, if, say, if it doesn't take it over. Yeah, their whole premise of that a huge amount of their earnings they don't earn any money through movies and anything like that all of their money comes through sports and everyone and all their money comes through the sports packages if they lose the Premier League because they just the revenue isn't as good as it is that's a huge ramification for a huge company like Sky I can completely understand why Sky are going on the attack but at the end of the day it's it, all it needs is one player to revolt. All it needs is one team to revolt. All it needs is the Premier League just to stand up and say, "We are not having this. We're gonna, we're gonna demote you. We're gonna put you down five leagues. We're gonna put you down at least one league. We're gonna deduct you thirty points." All it needs is for one person to make a decision, and this could all unfold, and it, it really could go up a shit creek. Just one, um, one final point. Actually, just more of a question. The Premier League, right? Is uh, like every decision made by the Premier League is voted by all twenty clubs, and you have to have two thirds of the club vote in favour of something, right? Mm. So if you have seven clubs vote for something, that has mm. to happen. So, so the big six at the moment, if they just invited Leicester along, or invited someone else along, and got seven involved, then they could pretty much do whatever they wanted. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't entirely rely on the voting of the clubs and no one yeah. else. So yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually. I'll tell you, they should ask for a stand because our owners, <laughs> oh, our, there you our, go. Our, our owners will do anything for a pound note. <laughs> yeah. um, no I think, I think, I, yeah, I think, <laughs> I, exactly. I think actually, like, no, of course, I think the ramifications of the game could be such that it, it, it could destroy the English pyramid, like the pyramid. Um, I think the Premier League becomes a championship, basically. In terms of like money, I think it become. I think it just has that effect on it. I guess, but the point I'm trying to make is like, it, it, it was. This was always going to happen. We sold our soul. Football sold its soul 25 years ago, and this was the end game. And it's, it's fucked up. It's, it's it's entirely wrong. Like the, the the European Super League is entirely wrong. But then the fact that the working man's game has been uh, is now the game for the rich is wrong. And so yeah, the right was on the wall, as I keep saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about the, um, the Champions League. So are we, uh, in short, I guess, because I mean, they are changing the format and that's what this is all about. I guess that's why the uh, European Super League was announced the night of, before the Champions League uh, reform was announced. Nick, what are the changes to the Champions League? Um, so... Uh, it'll be an increase from 32 teams to 36 teams, uh, so four extra places. Um, one ex- one of those extra places will go to, uh, at the moment, currently the French fourth place team, because um, French are the um, the next league down who only have three teams, whereas uh, sort of Spain, Italy, and us have four four teams in the Champions League. Um, there'll be one extra place that goes to a, hu- a higher coefficient league, 
um, who would usually have to qualify for the Champions League, but they'd get an automatic spot. So at the moment, that could be someone like Ajax or Rangers, potentially. Um, and then there's two extra places that go to the highest UEFA coefficient teams who finish in a Europa League spot uh, in their domestic leagues, but miss out on a Champions League spot. So um, at the moment, I think Dortmund would probably qualify for that route because they're fifth in the Bundesliga, but have got quite a good um, UEFA coefficient. So give them the opportunity to... to uh, to enter um, and then in terms of the actual format of the competitions it will be all teams into one big league um, each team will play against five other teams from the league so they won't be playing everyone only play against five other teams home and away um, and the fixtures will be determined by some sort of seeding which is probably based on the coefficient so you'd expect sort of the the better teams to play against the lower coefficient teams I guess um, which is sort mm. of how it works already at the moment in terms of the group stages um, and then the top top eight go through automatically, and then the next sixteen teams from from ninth to twenty fourth uh, have a uh, two leg playoff uh, to determine the other eight teams that go through to the last sixteen, uh, and then from then it's normal Champions League format. So, guys, if I say shields, I mean there's going to be ramifications for the found the six the top the big six uh, doing what they've done. At least, even if they change their minds now, they're going to punish them so they don't even try again, right? And it yeah. and that would mean points, I think. I, I, it must mean. In which case, you're just nailed on for a Champions League spot. I mean, first of all, I've just looked at how happy Nick was when he was talking about coefficients. He was just so happy the whole time. <laughs> so happy. Fucking nerd. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm 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 quite passionate about this because I think everyone's everyone's slightly misunderstood the the new format and has gone up in arms and like, how could you give a place to someone who's done well in previous in previous years but come twelfth in their league? But that can't happen. You have to actually finish in the Europa League spot to even yeah. qualify by the coefficient. So at the moment, yeah. for instance, Arsenal have got a very good coefficient because they won Europe uh, got fire in the Europa League in, in recent years. Right. Um, but they they wouldn't qualify because they're what are they eighth or ninth wherever they are. So they mm-hmm. wouldn't qualify. So it's not uh, you. You still got to have some sort of half decent form. Yeah, it's not uh, like giving positions to the old boys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's literally like I said, yeah. Dortmund, who are fifth currently in the Bundesliga, would be an exa- example of someone who would qualify. And I wouldn't disagree to have Dortmund. They're a great team. Mm. Obviously, not that good. They're fifth. Um, <laughs> but no, to be fair, once again, why change it? Um, from a West Ham point of view. You're going to be in it, mate. I'm pretty sure you're going to be in it. I mean, how can these clubs get away with this, um, even if obviously, they backtrack? Obviously, we want to come you forth. You want to be in it. Obviously, we want to come forth and do it the right way. But, okay. but like, let's, say you can't, let's say you come for your sixth right now, and then the other teams all get chucked out and can't enter next year's. Do you, do you want to be in it? Yeah, then, good question. Then you're, in, then, you're in a, then you're in a competition without Barstow, Real Madrid, Atletico, AC Milan, Juventus, Inter, Chelsea whoever else Man City yeah I mean seeing Mark Noble lifting the Champions League trophy on his retirement next year would just be oh what a sight um, now Bucharest in the final <laughs> Astra Gugu um, <laughs> but, uh, bless okay. you <laughs> <laughs> it's um, so I mean I can't really go on about teams des- not deserving to be in competitions and then when I say my team going to be in this competition undeserved well, I'm like yeah let's go for it well that's why it's an interesting question from Nick isn't it because that's the point isn't it uh, it's just fucked everything up isn't it basically screwed everything uh, up yeah I mean once again if you're in it you might as well take part in it well, it's like you said Tom like obviously it's not the case where we're going to get a huge lump sum because of it and yet yeah, we will benefit from it don't get me wrong we will get better financial a better financial situation because of it but I, I it's 
it's so up in the air and you don't really because the thing is now I'm going to sound like a hypocrite by saying yeah let's get let's get involved but if it's there in front of you and we have had a good season don't yep. get me wrong and yep. and yep. we've we've performed above expectations and this could be a launching pad and we could get better players in and so on and so forth mm. so I can I can kind of see where you, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, so I'm kind yeah. of on the I'm kind of on the heaven and hell side as yeah. With, with well, Tom I think, yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I think that's the interesting point. It's like you, one your heart says, like, "Oh fuck it, yeah, like, get West Ham in that Champions League." Like, oh my god, how amazing would that be? Yeah, we are the champ. Like you're buzzing. Your head's like, we don't deserve it. This is all wrong. You should come fifth or sixth for least to do it, rather than just like have money. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely on a better higher ground than say Arsenal, but <laughs> um, but no, I, I in an ideal world, I want us to finish fourth and do it that way, even though we had a bad result at the weekend where literally everything went wrong in about four minutes. Mm. I, I, I'll, I'll run it we, we, if we get a result against Chelsea, our running is very good, so I still think we could potentially do it, but. You want to do it the right way, but if it's in front of you, you've got to take it. Mm. Um, the lastly, I mean, that's, that's the Super League covered, uh, then the uh, the Champions League reform, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lastly, the other big moves today, of course, is Spurs sacking Jose Mourinho. So, I've done, my, done my research on it, and apparently, it's not Super League related. I mean, there was a bit of talk going around that he's walked out of, hmm. of, of the lodge or the, the hostel way we call it now. Um, sta- staged a coup. Yeah, it was if like he's he's going to be the guy, like the hero in this story. Like, <laughs> really, like, what was if that was going to happen? Um, but no, it was more. Apparently, Levy made the choice after the decision after the Everton draw, and it was results based. Um, but do you know what? Like, obviously, something's <laughs> happened. Levy's had this Super League thing in his back pocket for years, probably. So it, I'm questioning everything now. Like, do you think he's announced it purely at the same time? So <laughs> one bit of bad news or well, one decision deflects against another decision. And, 100%. When yeah, we, when we sold Ericsson. Under the carpet, right? Like people yeah. are going to be talking about the Super League for yeah, so, so, <laughs> Oh, we've joined the Super League. Oh, by the way, Jose's gone. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I think, I, I think it was that. I think when we, when we sold Ericsson, I can't remember who it was, but we signed, maybe, oh, we, um, we confirmed like the Celso's contract. For, you know, we, uh, it's not, he's no longer alone, but now permanent. The, 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 within 30 seconds of us announcing that Ericsson was sold to Inter Milan. And it's the same strategy, isn't it? It's just like, kind of, yeah. yeah, just replacing the, 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 the uh, that Activity, the engagement with that more positive story. The old um, bait and switch. Exactly. There you go. And I think that's what's happened there. I do. I, I probably think it was results based because, like, we you know they've been they've fell off a cliff. Um, but I, it's interesting because obviously, if we had won the league cup, then it, even if we got got rid of Jose afterwards, Levy could have gone. Well, you said you wanted a trophy. I gave you a trophy. So yeah, it's all good, isn't it? Um, it I, I've done my job. Jose did his, and then we we'll, we'll all move on. But now he can't it, even do that, can he? It so just my, my, my view it, on it. I was going to say, my, my view on it is that there's, and this might be me being cynical, but there's something contractual in there in that basically Levy's decided maybe over the last two weeks, 10 days with, with results, he's basically thought, there's no way I'm keeping him next year now. And so he's going to get rid of him. And there might be something in his contract that says if he wins a trophy, it's much harder to sack him. His payout's higher. There's a there's an option for Mourinho to carry on next year. Something like that, where where he goes, oh shit! Now it means if he wins this on Sunday or Saturday, whenever it is, I can't get rid of him. Mm. But, yeah, but, but why not do? Why not do it three weeks ago? Because the results were just as bad three weeks ago. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. But that's what I said. Maybe he's made his mind up in the last couple of weeks where he's gone. Yeah, no, I'm not having him next year. 
yeah. And obviously, he's got to the point where he's got got to make a decision before this cup final, just in case Spurs do win it. But that's been. I mean, been I mean from a from a if they want success point of view, as much as everyone writes off Jose, he has a habit of putting something out of the bag. He's won ten um, out of our finals. Exactly, he has a habit of putting something out of the bag in these sorts of situations. If there's one manager you want in the final in that final on Sunday, it's, it's Mourinho, that, and that's why yeah. that's why it doesn't really make sense. I think that's. I think. I think in the end, that's the results played the biggest part. And I think when the Zagrebs and the the FA Cup um, as well um, coincided with the pretty much nailed on failure of Champions League football, um, it left no choice. I think the. Re- I think it would have been sacked after the cup final but I do I actually would I actually think the reason they brought it ahead the news yeah. is because of this European Super League stuff I think that's main that's probably what's happening here so all about the marketing yeah I don't because yeah. it, it can't be um because they think doing this now gives them a better chance of winning the cup final no but then yeah. equally Mason comes in right he just plays Delhi bow he's gonna and and suddenly there's like there is like a, a electricity running through the club I suppose it depends on how the fe- the players feel about Jose, right? If if the dressing room atmosphere was so bad that they were just wanting rid of him, then actually it probably. Would I think be I think I think these players that I think these players they don't have that much of an affinity. They just play football. I mean, like people are worried about the Chelsea players, but yeah. they just got on with it. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be a huge issue. But big shout out to Ryan Mason for being. Well, what a story, mate! Imagine if he wins it. Like even if it's just yeah. just the one he played. He <laughs> one manages, game. It'd well, be like big game. Sam's Ingram record. <laughs> yeah. Or who's the Chelsea... Uh, what's the Chelsea... You know, the, uh, what's his name? Nick? He won the Champions League. Di Matteo. Matteo, of course. Uh, it'd be like, in like a way, it's like... Carabao that. Cup, mate. No, you're right. What am I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nick, I don't care about Champions yeah. League now. I'm all in yeah. on the ESL, aren't I? <laughs> there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing more beautiful and than... And Di Matteo did the, the double as well. He won the FA Cup yeah. too. What nothing mean, more beautiful that? than Di Matteo and Eddie Newton just running down and touchline together. Absolutely superb, that was. Unbelievable. I was just going to say, on... Mourinho, um, I'm a little bit shocked, but I'm, I'm, I think it's he had to go before the end of the season, and unless Levy was 100% behind him, and I think with recent results he can't be 100% behind him. And the reason I say that is because this summer was always going to be massive for Spurs because if Jose was still in charge, he would he would say right, I need this player, I need that player, I need this player, and mm. it's going to cost you X amount of million, right? And Levy would have to back him if if he's going to back him, he'd have to back him. And then at, at that point, if you then sack him after that you're left with a squad of Mourinho players. And he's done that at countless clubs where he's gone in, he's got his own players in. And then you go to a more progressive manager afterwards and you're stuck with players who aren't, who aren't suited to a progressive system. And actually, I do think, I think Hoiberg has been very, very good this season. Yep. But I think he could be an example of that, whereby he's much more suited to a combative style of, style of football. And would he have been signed had Pochettino been in charge or would someone like Nagelsmann, if he comes in for Spurs, would he have chosen Hoiberg over another player? It's sort of, it's really interesting. So I do think it's a massive decision from Levy and I think he's probably looked at that and gone, can I trust Jose with 250 million in the summer? No. Absolutely. And it's like start of a new project kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? We might have a billion to spend, Nick. <clears throat> on that note, uh, no, um, I, as I say, I, d- I did want to catch them on the night football because uh, I just think it's going to be a legendary episode. Although I was having a go at Sky earlier, so I'm just fucking riddled with contradictions. Go on, Nick. We haven't done questions, have we? No. I want to watch this episode, though. I think it's going to be fucking mad. I think it's going to be screaming at each other. We, we could, pa- we could, we could pause it and come back. Should we do that? Do it, let, should we do it? Just do it afterwards. Let's do it afterwards. Come back online I'll later. this. After the half, uh, like after the game, the, 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 do it at half time. Do it at half time. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, let's do that. 
We're back. Uh, so we've just watched the Sky coverage. Uh, Nick, what do you make of it, mate? Um, as expected, to be fair, uh, it's, they're all going to disagree with it and put out sort of their side of the story. They don't, they don't like it because they're, they, they're due to lose a lot of money. Um, I, I, I massively agreed with what Neville said originally, which is about the lack of competition, which is the point I was trying to make earlier. Um, I think later on he's he sort of got bogged down into talking about TV revenues and how big clubs want their bigger share of it, and, and I don't think he can necessarily complain about that because that happens at the moment in the Premier League uh, and the Champions League. The, the bigger clubs, the clubs that are on TV, most often get a bigger share of it. So I think the the angle that he should be going at, which he did originally, was the was the anti competition uh, aspect of it, which which is what I completely agree with. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, your response to the action this evening? Um, yeah, I mean, Klopp, obviously he's living a great life, but I did feel a little bit sorry for him because he probably can't say truly how he feels because he's still a, he's still an employee of Liverpool Football Club and this is the decision they've gone with. So he said his piece. Um, I feel like he wanted to say more, but he knew he couldn't. Yeah. I don't really blame him for that um, because at the end of the day, it's his job. Um but he's obviously previous comments in 2019 um, about all of this is is what's kind of brought it up with him. So I feel a little bit on the fence with what he said. Neville had to apologise because he's been called a hypocrite for the last two days. So he kind of like said, oh, I should have said something against Glazers, but it's, it's, it's all just fluff, really. Um, I actually quite like what Steve Parrish said. Um but it's, it's, it's it, 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 nothing. Nothing surprised me with what anyone said. I think it um, it, showed, it was telling in that basically the response to every question from Steve Parrish was that let us get them back around the table and try and think about this. And yeah, it, it, it certainly wasn't that animosity you might have expected of of let's banish them, get rid of them because he knows as well that the Premier League and he and his own product is he's worth so he's, much he, more with the big team. He's not stupid. He, know, he knows that, and this and this is the kind of like it's, it's almost going to be who blinks first because they both need each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this could go on for a few days still, but someone someone is going to blink first, and it's whoever blinks first. I think is going to win. It's interesting how FIFA and UEFA have gone down this like punishment route when, but yeah, when well, it's the first kind of owner um, we've heard from has gone from a more yeah, let's just get around the table as you say and try and figure this out. Um, um, I just I want everyone to remember though, like if the, the these clubs do push this through, it does happen, right? Which is, I still probably think unlikely, you know, unlikely. Just remember this and how hard Sky have gone at, on this, and the guys, the the, the pundits, and I, 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 I think, I think with the way that Sky have attacked it, I don't think there is any chance they're going to get any of the coverage. No, I, I think, I think Sky are massively attacking, and I wouldn't expect any less from them. I do. Like you got to remember as well, we watch Sky because it's on, in this country, right? But if you look at, if you go on Twitter during a Champions League night, Gary Neville is working for another company. Yeah. Carragher is working for another company. So like they, they, will, they will get this gig if they want it. They're, they're probably the most sought after pundits in, in, in English football. So they'll get the gig if they want it. So I do think there's, there's, um, there's definitely an authenticity to their, their grievances against the idea rather than them thinking, oh, I might lose my punditry gig because they'll get it regardless. I guess it's be interesting to see um, if it does go ahead, who takes up the roles of uh, yeah. of, of, of the coverage team. Um, yeah. and, and it'd be interesting to see if any of them went hard uh, or going hard right now. And if, yeah, if, if they do end up accepting those positions. Mm. Nick, we've got some uh, listeners' questions. 
We do. Uh, obviously, we haven't had that much time to prepare or ask the questions, but we've got some uh, some questions in from our avid listeners on uh, the European Super League. So it'd be interesting to get into them. Yeah, some of them um, came in on Twitter without even us prompting, which is fantastic. You're going global, fellas. You're going the, global. I love the commitment uh, to the pod from our listenership. Um, that's Steve Shane, who uh, he tweeted in six hours ago, unprompted. Um, he said at the Wembley Way, what is your starting England team for the Euros if the players from the Super League teams are banned from playing? <laughs> nice. Nice. Shall I go first? Should we, should, we, should we come to a common consensus, Nicholas? Yes, okay. I th- okay, let's, let's do that. I'm from the dictatorship model, but yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, Pickford in goal? Hope. What, well, why would you... That's just a genuine right. question. I mean, that's just a genuine question. question. Yeah, this is <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other kind of words. Yeah, okay. All right. Whichever keeper out of those Well, you've got to go one. Go on. start anyway. Who is it? Uh, yeah. Do you know what? As Nick's dictating, I'll go Pickford just to, make, yeah. just to appease him. All right, okay. fair enough. Who's your, who's your back four then? Let's do let's, let's make this a, a swift uh, roundup of this yeah. uh, non Super League England side. So I'm going on, on fitness because I would have had either Tarek Lempty or James Justin at right back, but both are injured. So I've got Matty Cash. Yep. Go. Can't go wrong with that. Um, my two centre backs I picked were Concer and Mings. Going with a Villa theme here. Um, <laughs> you, could have, you could have had a, a Dunk, or Cody, Keane. Cody, yeah, Keane. <coughs> Dawson. Dawson. Yeah. Consa? Oh, I said Con- Consa or Mings, yeah. Oh, you said that as a starting. Yeah. Sorry. Got it, yeah, got, yeah. It, got it. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. too. I, I, mean, like- I mean, your Aston Villa theme for a back four for a team that isn't doing particularly well at the moment is slightly worrying me. Uh, they've got yeah. like the second best defensive record in the league, haven't they? Yeah, but that's all down to Martinez, isn't it? True. Who's your left back? Target. No, <laughs> uh, no, my left leg is uh, Cresswell. All right. Uh, yep. Can't he? You know what? He's actually uh, he's better on left of a three. Uh, yeah, he, 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 can, he can do a job, I suppose. So should we do three or four in midfield? Three. Uh, okay. 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 Or do you want uh, to do four? No, oh, I, okay. I like I like three. Um, let's go. With I mean, three. I'm 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 going to suggest the person who's holding it all together is Mr. Declan Rice. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to chuck in a couple uh, this time. Grealish and Warprouse. Um, uh, I've not gone Warprouse. I've gone Grealish. I've I've gone a four-two-three-one. My two midfield being Rice and Bellingham. Yeah, Bellingham. Bellingham. Oh yeah, yeah. they said no, didn't they? Old Dortmund. Yeah. And yeah. then on on the wings, Sancho and Grealish. Yeah. With Madison tucked behind Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Oh, I don't know Madison. I think. Do you know? What? I think Southgate just hates Madison now. Yeah, you could put Lingard in there. To be fair. Oh yeah. How can you not put Jay Lings in there? I don't know, but I think if it wasn't for like, I don't know. Hold on. Like, no, like next Madison season, next season he's a, he's, a, he's a United player. No, John That's very true. He's that's very no, true at the he's moment. He's a United player. To yeah. Manchester United, I'm afraid. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. We just opened up another can of worms here. Yeah, loaning. Uh, I think I think he'd probably be disqualified because next season, it does the Euros count as next season or this season? Uh, Who's you put up front? Nick? It depends on the date. Calvert Lewin. Calvert Lewin. After June, isn't it? After June. Mm. Anyway. No wings. Yeah, yeah, he's a bit of a shout, but I think I'd Watkins have Watkins and not Watkins as well. No, no, I've gone too many, too much Villa. <laughs> That's true enough. <laughs> and there's your answer, Steve. Um, I thought that was quite good, actually, wasn't it? Nice, uh, quick thinking there from our listeners. Um, we have a, another question. I think Kieran Gow has snuck one in on Twitter as well, unsolicited. Um, he says, Kieran Gow at Kieran G A eight. 
Yeah, he says, uh, seeing as this will probably be the death of our clubs. He says, our, he's being a Chelsea fan. And then in brackets says, Nick and Tom. He says, who will you follow now? So I kind of answered that recently, that uh, a few, uh, a moment ago, um, when I said that when we create as a Spurs fan base, the AFC Hotspur club, I'll just follow them um, in the division five. I imagine I won't be able to choose a premier league club or even a championship. I won't even, I wouldn't, I couldn't even pretend to care about another club. Um, my, mine's obviously Wickford Town. Oh, <laughs> big, big Sunday league team. Uh, no, I, I, I agree with you, Tom. I, I couldn't just choose another team. And um, funny enough, um, after watching the Michael Jordan documentary, I thought oh, I'd get into basketball and start watching that. And I just chose a team at random and I couldn't care less now. Yeah. Um, so there's no affinity with it. Like I, I look out for their results and I go, oh, they lost. Oh, oh well. That's, yeah, um, that's, 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 um, that's a really interesting point because I've really got into NFL in the last five years. And I picked, I, I did the same. I picked a team at random, but I'm, re- I'm really into them now. And like, I get, I, I really like it when they win or get upset when they lose and stuff like that. So I think it can be done. I mean, I personally yeah. wouldn't do it. If, um, West, if West Ham were a founder club. Um, my second team's Fulham. Um, there you uncles, go. My uncle supported them for like 40 years. I used to go there with him Fair when enough. I was younger and they weren't a, when they weren't in the Prem, so when they're in Division 2, Division 3. Sure. Um, so I've been Fulham just as many times as I've been West Ham in my life. Um, so it would be Fulham. Obviously, it's not the same. It's all hypothetical, and yeah, I'd, it's, it's, it's a it's, it's a question that can't, can't be answered. So I'm just going to criticise Kieran for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, know got, him. Yeah, of course. Uh, I've got another question um, from Stuart Newman, who asks: uh, ramifications for lower league clubs needs covering as it's catastrophic. So not really a question, more of a statement, more of a demand, really. I right. mean, you're going. To- I was just going to say I, I agreed with them, sort of probing Steve Parrish on that because let's not pretend the Premier League do that much for the EFL and the football pyramid I think they do it out of the, out of, um, the fact that they have to and they're pressured into it they, would, they wouldn't do it if they if they didn't didn't want to or, or, or sorry didn't need to so I don't know I'd, uh, we should be protecting that pyramid but that's that's a that's a separate matter from this ESL because it's, it's not being protected at the moment to be honest I mean you you would hope there would be some sort of package put in place but there's not going to be but <laughs> If they do, it was they're pressured into it. What yeah, could Steve, Parrish, Steve Parrish's comments when all the whole COVID thing was basically look after yourselves. Yeah. And these clubs, without being too rude, should be self-sustainable. But something like COVID, yeah, 100% they need help because all of their budgets will be around um, shirt sales, will be around people coming through the gates. But once everything hopefully gets back to normal, you never know. But well, it's quite hypocritical again from Steve Parrish and he's saying they should look after themselves. Well, guess what? These top six teams are doing. Yeah, exactly. And, and that was that was the bit that they called him out on, and I don't think he really had an answer to. No. Um, because yeah, every, every single football club should be going into it and saying we should be self-sustainable. We should be if something so if something like this happens again, we should be able prepared for it. But uh, there, there will be there, there could be a possibility the clubs could wind up. It could be it could be chaos. Mm. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, another question has come our way uh, by Mike Calverley. He says, "Any thoughts around what happens if teams back out of this ESL approach, given the backlash, and, it, and it, if it doesn't go ahead? What's the permanent damage, regardless?" So let's, I guess, imagine it doesn't go ahead. 
um, what, what could be done, what punishments could be laid out and the consequent impact of those punishments. We go to Shieldy. That's up to the, that's up to the Premier League. What do you think though? It's an estimation. An estimation. I think, I think if they all came crawling back, I think they'd just leave it. I don't think they've got the balls to really do it. I, I genuinely don't. I, you would like to think so because you'd like to think they would do point deductions because they are in the, they've got the strongest position because they've come crawling back, but I still don't think they'll do it. You would love to think they would. Love to well, think they would. I'm not sure what they can punish them for. Just, yeah, that, that's another that, thing. That's another they, thing. They intend to do something. You can't punish someone yeah. for saying something. Shake Mansour's 3,000 lawyers will just come back over and say, well, we've actually not <laughs> yeah. done anything. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I think, uh, I don't think they will. I, I think if they backed out of it, I don't think there's any punishment in terms of like fan backlash. Um, we've all got short memories in football. Like if, mm. if Chelsea turned around tomorrow and said, oh, sorry, guys, we made a mistake. We're out, of, we're out of this. Uh, I think everyone would be like, all right, in a, in a week's time, two weeks' time, month's time, we lift the FA Cup yeah. or whatever. I think if they, if, if, if they physically go, there could be ramifications. Yeah, I agree. But, I, I do agree. I think but what, though? What, what's, what's that ramification if they go? How do, how do they... But that, this, is, this is the other thing. Okay. There's well, no... Probably they can throw them out. They want to yeah, see. but then they go, okay, we'll, we'll just crack on with our four billion known, uh, league. Uh, on our, on, 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 and playing that on our, on our own, you know, and the thing not, is, not, 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 not contend in the EPL. The thing is, everything, especially around legal battles, is precedent. There is no precedent here. Like, this hasn't happened before. Well, they were saying there is, I was watching this news earlier, and there's an American lawyer on there saying that there basically is from America. Um, but, but there's case law favoring both arguments. So it's not going right, to yeah. help us, but um, yeah. Just like a nice hockey case study, which mm. would would benefit the ESL, and then there's another sport which went which sided the other way, right? Uh, mm. So yeah, yeah. that's certainly an interesting one. Mm. Another question here from uh, Sean McSweeney, who asks, uh, "What do you think, if anything, would stop this going ahead?" Um, I guess we've covered the ramifications, the, the punishments, the potential punishments. I, I guess one top of the head is the stopping uh, players playing for their national side. Uh, I guess um, can you guys think of anything else? I think that um, sort of managers and players coming out and actually verbally disagreeing with it and then yeah. getting the fans on side to disagree with it. I think things like that. I, um, I mentioned to you guys privately a minute ago that um, Chelsea's pitch is actually owned by the fans in a group called Chelsea Pitch Owners. And I can I can actually go and buy a share in Chelsea Pitch Owners if I want to and, and own, own a part of the pitch. And um, the, they own that, so the club can't pay, play at the pitch on the stadium or in the pitch mm. uh, without their permission, without them letting them do it. So actually that could be, <laughs> that could be one interesting thing where uh, the Chelsea pitch owners turn around and say, well, you're not playing on the Stamford bridge pitch anymore. Cause we own that. You don't. And, uh, and then they'd have to find somewhere else to play, which, um, which obviously costs quite a bit of money. So bet Levy um, would be like, well, come over here and be all right. Mm. I'll <laughs> yeah, take another couple true. of million and gate receipts. Yeah, exactly. yeah there's a bit. There's a big old. Actually, no, the FA will probably block that. It's a big old pitch for Wembley. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, the FA. Yeah, no, I, but, I, no. I don't know. I think. I think. I think um, players and managers could, could potentially stop this uh, if they really. I think. I, I think it's going to be player power because you can't stop anything from a fan point of view because the fans have no power because you yeah. can't go on the grounds at the moment. So if they're going to stop this short term, it's going to have to be player power. Yeah, and. I'm 50-50 on whether that's going to actually happen or not. I think I think one or two will come out, but I don't know if it'll be enough to stop it. Well, so far, in terms of, like, I know it's not player power, but manager player, um, I know it was very early days, but Solskjaer was interviewed last night and he basically bottled it 
Tuchel's interview today in his press conference and he pretty much bowled it and just sort of said the same as Solskjaer. We don't know a lot at the moment. The club decided sort of I wasn't involved and the club decided it. Klopp's the only one really who sort of actually said something about it. So I don't think there'll be I don't think there'll be enough. They're looking after themselves at the end of the day, aren't they? Well, this is me, mate, and this is my point though. I think everyone eventually will. Um, I think, and I think everyone does in football. As tragic as it is, um, yeah. I got another question. Actually, we're going to spin on its head this time. Uh, so, Chris Irvin and Stuart Newman—they've asked similar questions. Uh, Chris has said three things that make excite fans about the proposal, and Stuart has asked, uh, "What are the positives?" Hello. Uh, and I think, I, yeah, I think it's a nice one. To, oh, it's probably not appropriate to end it on the positives, seeing as everyone is hating the uh, the proposal, and yet. We have we've arrived in this situation. Um, what, if anything, are uh, the positives um, about the ESL? Uh, Nick, start with yourself. Um, yeah, cheers for starting me on that. <laughs> yeah, um, I can start. I can start if you want. Uh, yeah, go on. You go first. I'm struggling. I, I think nothing, Nick. Nothing no, is good. I oh, think I've got, I've I got think, two I think, things I can think of. I think one positive is if it works and it stays competitive. And that's the huge thing. Huge if. Yeah. <laughs> the huge if. You do have elite players playing against each other every week. And, yeah, yeah. Or not yeah. every week, but you have elite players playing against each other. And watching Spurs and Arsenal get talked 5 nil every week could be funny. <laughs> that is a positive. That could be, it could be quite funny. I said this to my brother actually uh, earlier, actually, and I didn't even think about this. There's no rules anymore. So they could... They could um, say, oh, um, we're actually going to invent a team, an Abu Dhabi team, a club, and we're yeah. going to invite them in. And they could just, obviously, they're, bil- they're billionaires and they're just going to make a team overnight. Imagine Leipzig, but on steroids, right? Uh, and yeah, made it a- they could change the rules of football That's as well. That. There's no juggling. The rules, yeah. yeah, literally, yeah. they could change the rules. I mean, I, I imagine VAR's not going to be included. They're going to use that as a bit of PR, perhaps. Yeah. Um, bets are off now. And so they could completely and utterly, you know, do what they want, and I guess that is a that is a genuine worry. Um, you know, they might start playing with like an oval ball and like people wearing helmets. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'll we started this segment on the positives, but yeah, we've I've arrived back at a negative, uh, and I think I mean unless anyone has got anything else to say, maybe that's I, I, the I, appropriate I, ending. <laughs> I mentioned it earlier in terms of like the idea of breaking away from UEFA as an organisation and doing something. I think I think that in itself is a positive, but I think they've actually gone in the opposite direction to that. So I can't really squeeze a positive out of it, to be honest. Yeah. Old corporate Nick's trying to find a way out of it. It's the death of football. It's football eating itself. Um, and okay, okay, this is the positive. I'm going to end it on a genuine positive. The reaction, as the guys have said, uh, the pundits and uh, Steve Parrish, he said, the, re- the reaction, the genuine reaction is a positive in that it does seem like other than the founding clubs who are obviously thinking for themselves, Everyone else, at least, does appear to be rooting for this more um, socialist ideal in that we care about other people <laughs> and we, we let money trickle down the pyramid, right? I think it's... You know, you, you know you've know, you messed up when every single football fan agrees against you. You know right. that's... Issue. It's like on Twitter when there's more likes, than, when there's more comments than likes. You, <laughs> yeah, know, you know you've messed up. Yeah, you know you've been... You've been ratioed. You know you've made a mistake. <laughs> Mate, it's so true. This, this is the football equivalent of being ratioed. So I think what we've got to do is maybe block yourself or yeah, or, or let them go. I don't know. But instead, learn from this and actually rip up the current status quo and the current structures. Maybe encourage this 51% ownership 
policy, which is in Germany, encourage you across the, the English football to stop this happening. And we might, yeah, we might have this mad ESL, which clubs can operate on ridiculous funds and pay players ridiculous wages. But equally, on the flip side, we could actually have a self-sustainable football league, um, which has its morals intact. Um, maybe that's the, that's the real positive out of all this. Agreed, Thomas. Nicky? I think it's an ideal. I don't think it's a realistic proposition, to be honest. You've only got to look at like amateur boxing versus professional boxing, something like that, where the money's in professional boxing. Yeah. It's always, it's always, people are always going to gravitate there because that's where the money is. Power doesn't give up power. So, so I tried to end on a positive, but. Uh... So, anyway, good night. That's the end of the Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, well, Nick, Nick, Nick's got his glasses. Nick's got his glasses on now. He's trying to sound profound, but in the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> power comes with power. And and you, know, you know what they say, though. Like yeah. with great power comes great responsibility. Are we just going to throw out cliche statements <laughs> until Tom ends the podcast? This is Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. exactly. Yeah, um, you're not Superman, you know. And on that, uh, <laughs> was, that was that a poo? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to do that because that's that would be problematic. I'll do a really good Jerry Armstrong, so that's all right. Yeah, or is it Colin Murray? <laughs> it's gem- generic Northern Irish. Jim, but anyway, can you, can Tom, you finish Wembley, it. Can you do the Wembley Way outro in, in Jerry Armstrong voice for shorts? <laughs> what is the outro? I can't remember it. Who, so who, who are you trying to be? Any, uh, any Northern Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> but, but mainly Jerry Armstrong. Please subscribe to our podcast feed wherever that's on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Acast, or Google Podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Share with your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Wembley Way. And remember to check out the website for previous episodes and the latest England squad power, rank- power rankings at thewembleyway.com. <laughs> Love to say power rankings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, uh, okay, I've been Tom. I've been Nick <laughs> and I've been Shieldsy <laughs> and we've been the Wembley Way good night <laughs> what, what is that power wanking what is that ending yeah city 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 city